Hello, my friends, and welcome. This is The Joe Martino Show. Today, I want to talk to you about some proven strategies to deal with anxiety. I want to talk to you a little bit about how the anxiety process starts, how we get into it, how it goes, what happens inside of us, and what happens when we start to feel it physically and why we should start there to move backwards through the process to deal with our anxiety. Start with the physical manifestation and move our way back through. Uh, It's a beautiful day. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. I want to talk to you today about some strategies and how you can deal with anxiety. I'm hoping that you can literally listen to this episode and walk away with two or three strategies that will help you better deal with any anxiety that comes in your life. And maybe you're thinking, you know what? I don't struggle with anxiety. That's great. Good for you. To be honest with you, probably 363 days out of the year, that is true of me. I don't struggle much with anxiety. But I usually have one or two or five days out of the year where I can't sleep, where something goes sideways, where something happens. And I struggle to to deal with a problem that's chewing. And there are different types of anxiety. I do want to go a little bit over how anxiety works, how I believe it works. One of the things that we have to consider is that as we process through life, all humans, all of us, and I do need to pause here for a second and just uh, let you know that I still do have a little chest thing going on, uh, so my voice is a little bit... There are times that I'm, I'm struggling to get the voice out there. I am untrained, uncoached. <laughs> Someone wrote in once and told me that it was obvious to them that I did not have a voice coach. They were trying to sell me that. By the way, if you're trying to sell someone, that isn't the best approach. Uh, but as humans, we're constantly looking for... Threats. It's kind of just ingrained into our hardware. We're looking, the difference between anxiety and a task is resources. So we're looking around our world and and we're coming up with things that we have to do, things that could be a threat to our our comfort, things that could be a threat to our peace of mind. And, And when those things present themselves, we ask ourselves a question immediately, do I have the resources to handle it? If we do have the resources, then it's just a task. If we don't, we start to have anxiety. That's one way we come to anxiety. Another way we come to anxiety is uh, we we encounter a problem that we're trying to solve, right? So if I said, do you spell cat? You could probably do that. If I said, what's two plus two? You could tell me. What's eight times four? You could tell me. If I asked you who the undersecretary of finance of France was, you could tell me and you, you that you don't know probably because there is none. Uh, I made that position up, but you don't care that you don't know. And in all of those situations, you're okay. But when you get caught with a problem that you do care about and you can't answer, you find yourself in what I call a problem-solving loop. And it spins. How do you like that sound? And as it spins, you go from a problem-solving loop to an anxietizing loop. And you have to be able to unwind that in order to get out of anxiety. So today, I'm going to give you some strategies on how to do that. Because one of the things that happens is, is, is if you think about a clock, at 12 o'clock, you have your, your habits of thinking. At 3 o'clock, you have your beliefs that come out of those habits of thinking. In between there, events happen, or events happen outside of that, 
and you have your habit of how you think about it and your beliefs, and then you have your emotional response, and that emotional response is where anxiety happens. That's at 6 o'clock. At 9 o'clock on the clock, you have your physical manifestation of that anxiety. Maybe your hands sweat. Maybe they tingle. Maybe your ears burn. Maybe your heart palpitates. Maybe your breathing gets short. Maybe your ears ring. Uh, I've heard it described and, and felt a bunch of different ways by you know many different people. One of the problems is we try to fix the wrong part of the anxiety first. And that is to say that we start and we try to fix the anxiety. Like we tell ourselves, don't be anxious, stop being anxious. Or we tell ourselves we can't help it because we've told ourselves not to be anxious and that didn't work. So we've given up on the idea that we can actually deal with the anxiety. What I'm going to suggest to you today is that you actually would start with the physical manifestation of your anxiety. Start with what you're feeling physically, control that, and then that will lower your emotional response. And then you'll have space to go after your habits of thinking and your beliefs about what's going on so that you can lower your anxiety. Okay, so let's start with the first technique. The first thing I want you to to consider is when you feel yourself getting anxious, when you feel the physical manifestations of what's going on in your body. Everybody talks about breathing, and I think that's important, but you need to do something with your mind, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So the first thing that we're going to try today, or that I want you to consider trying, is what's called seven facts, or at least that's what I call it. I've heard it called a bunch of different things. When I was first introduced to it, it was called seven facts, and that's what I've stuck with. And it's really simple. It's just engaging facts that you know are truth and you're occupying your mind because you're not your mind. Your mind doesn't control you. You control it. And so you're occupying your mind with intentional thought patterns. So you start out with facts. And I always have my clients start with just their name. My name is Joseph Martino. My birthday is February 19th. Uh, I live in Lowell. Michigan. I am a counselor. I own a counseling practice. I drive a white truck. I'm married to Erica. I have four children, Kendra, Cadence, Kyra, and Joey. Uh, I enjoy being in the outdoors. And I just keep going through facts. Whatever are facts, uh, my goal is to try to get to 20. You said, well, you might say, well, Joe, you said it was seven, right? Because when I was first taught it, you just said seven on repeat if you needed to. And that's fine too. I've had clients who they know the, uh, they know all the colors of the rainbow. I don't but they would go through all the colors of the rainbow. I'd probably get red, white, blue, green, orange, and I've probably already messed it up. Yellow, yellow's in there, purple, right, violet. Uh, but they would go through them all, and they would say all the seven colors, and that worked for them, and that's great. But if you, do, if you come up with 20 facts, typically the first five are rote. You can just say them without thinking about it. Number six through 10 are kind of like, you know, things you might have to think a little bit for, and 11 to 15, this is where people have to start actively thinking about, okay, what's a fact about me or about my day or about my life that I want to say? And once you engage that part, once you engage that portion, you're pulling your brain away from fixating on whatever the thought process is that's creating the anxiety in your system. And by doing this, you can find physical relief which will allow you to create some space for some emotional and mental relief. So practice it right now. Even if you're not feeling anxiety right now, just rattle off seven facts about yourself. My name is, I live in a what colored house, apartment. I drive what colored car. I like to ride bikes. I don't know what, what your facts are, but whatever they are, just rattle them off and go ahead and engage that process. The goal here is that we're trying to force our brain to think about something other than what is causing us anxiety. This is essentially mindfulness uh, 
without the silence. So what mindfulness does is, is typically, you know, if we're walking through mindfulness with a client, we'll talk about focus on your breathing, listen to the clock ticking, you know, in, out, think about, you know, try to just think on one thing at a time. Because typically what we do with anxiety is we try not to think about anxiety. And we go through this process, don't be anxious, stop being anxious, don't think about anxiety, don't think about what's making me anxious, don't think about what's being anxious, don't think about what's being anxious, why am I thinking about what's being anxious, I need to stop thinking about what makes me anxious, I'm not anxious, why am I being anxious, I need to stop thinking about anxious, just stop being anxious. And we get frustrated and then we quit and then we just, we, we believe a lie that we are just stuck believe in anxiety for the rest of our lives that we we cannot do anything to get out of anxiety and that isn't true but we believe it and so it becomes this kind of self uh fulfilling prophecy so what we're doing with this technique is we're forcing our brain to do something other than think about what's going on we're just rattling off the facts okay so that's one technique another technique is to just change your environment for the short term, if you're inside, go outside, especially this time of year. If you live in the north where it's cold out, going out in the cold for just a few seconds, just a few minutes, 30 seconds, maybe a minute, minute and a half. Uh, that kind of shock of, of, of temperature change can actually help your brain kind of take a step back from what's going on. And again, we're going to go through seven facts. So you're going to look around and just say seven facts. So in my office, let's say I couldn't get outside and I'm just going to focus on what's in my office. I would say there's a teddy bear that my sister made me uh, from my mom's nightgown, who's been gone almost 18 years now. There's a new coffee mug that I got from my daughter for my birthday. My motorcycle's in here. Uh, funny story about that motorcycle. Someone took a job and then decided not to take it because I keep a motorcycle in my office. Uh, there's three, like, photography lights that we use when we make videos. There's dry cleaning. There's coffee mugs. My desk needs cleaned. Now, that last one's a little bit dangerous because for some people, cleaning will be an anxiety inducer. But you're just trying to come up with facts. So, like, if I were to walk outside right now into my parking lot, there's one, two, three, four cars in the parking lot. Uh, there is not a lot of traffic. The sun is out. Uh, there's a little breeze. Again, we're going through facts and we're changing our environment. So, we're putting two things together here to cause our brain to engage in something other than the anxiety-inducing uh, anxiety belief system. And again, all we're trying to do here is just create some force space, make our brain think about something else. Okay, well, what do we do then? How do, what do we do once we've created the space? Well, there are a lot of good things you do. One of the things you could do is you can make a list of all the things that are causing you stress. Or if it's one thing and it has multiple parts to it, just make those as kind of a to-do list and just write down the list. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm frustrated about. Here's what I'm concerned about. Here's what I am anxious about. And, and there's actually a lot of variations of this that we can do. Uh, we can make out a list and we can talk about how likely is it to happen, all of those things. But what we want to do is we want to make a list of everything that, that we're believing about what's going on. And then we want to debate ourselves a little bit about it. Just debate yourself a little bit about it. how likely is it to happen? What's going on that I think this is going to happen? Uh, how likely is it to happen? If it does happen, what are the chances that I can overcome it? Why would it happen? You start going through those questions, you know, the five W's, who, what, where, why, when. Uh, you go through those questions quite a bit. And, and what happens is, is you start thinking about it. And most of the time we realize, okay, this is solvable. This is a problem that I can solve, that I can get the resources to solve. Or we do something else, not to ignore it, but we just engage in something else 
I'm like, okay, there's nothing I can do about this. So I'm going to engage in something else and move forward. Three really good questions to ask yourself are why, so what, and then what, or what then? So, because a lot of times, like, especially when I'm talking to parents, they'll come in, they've got a 14-year-old son, a 17-year-old daughter, whatever, and, and, and there's anxiety around the choices that the child's making. I'll be like, okay, so why does that cause you anxiety? And a lot of times the conversation goes like this. Somebody will come in and they'll tell me, uh, we'll just make something up. My 17-year-old son is thinking about joining the army. Okay, why does that cause you anxiety? Because my 17-year-old son is thinking about joining the army. Okay, why does that cause you anxiety? Because he's thinking about joining the army. And all, all what we've done there, and we'll use, I'll usually do it three times before I explain this part, is they've stated a fact about what's happening. They've stated the event. And the false belief that many of us carry is that the event is what causes our anxiety, when in reality, it is our belief about the event that causes the anxiety. So once we're at the place where we have found some physical relief, if we really want to manage our anxiety over time, we have to start by going after the belief. So we start with questions like, well, why? Why does that cause anxiety? Well, because my son joining the army means he could get hurt. He could die. Uh, Okay, but he could get hurt or he could get die driving right here in, in our small town of Lowell or walking down the street. Uh, someone was struck by a car, a pedestrian was struck by a car, the two cars, not not here, this was somewhere else, but I, I know a person that lives in the city where it happened, guy was waiting on his bike at a red light, two cars hit in the intersection, one of them kicked out of the accident and hit him on his bike, and unfortunately he was killed right there. Like, that is something that happens all the time, so we start to debate it, because once we get to the why, we ask ourselves, so what? So what does that mean? Right, so, uh, well, my... My daughter wants to get, well, right now, this is a true story in my house. My daughter wants to get Snapchat, and I told her she can't. She has to wait another year, and she doesn't think that's fair. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, so that means she's mad at me. I don't really know if she's mad at me. I don't think she is. I think she's more frustrated. Uh, okay, so what does that mean if she's mad at you? And you start engaging in this process of so what, why, and then what until you get all the way to the bottom belief about what's going on. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, that means she's mad at me. Okay, so what does it mean that she's mad at you? And she did not do this. I'm really making the rest of this up. The only true part of this illustration is that she wants Snapchat, and I told her she needed to wait another year. Uh, Well, so she isn't talking to me, and she won't hug me, and she gives me the stank eye. Again, not true. But, okay, so what does that mean? Well, that hurts my feelings. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, with my feelings hurt, I'm tempted to give in to her because I don't like the distress. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, I'm, I'm afraid that I will give in to her. Why? Well, because I don't like the distress. Well, why don't you like the distress? Because I want everyone to like me. Ding, 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 ding. In rational emotive behavior therapy, what we call that is a false belief about the way things should be. And as long as we have them, we will run into trouble. I see this all the time with couples. They come in and they're upset. And I'm like, okay, well, why is that a problem? What do you mean, why is that a problem? Well, you just told me what happened, but why is that a problem? Well, it doesn't feel safe. Okay, well, so what does that mean? Well, if it doesn't feel safe, I feel like I have to self-protect. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, that means I don't talk to her. I don't talk to him. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, not talking to them, we fight more because they get angry and then I get angry. So you feel like you have to self-protect, but you're not actually self-protecting. You're actually getting the exact opposite of what you're trying to get. Is that right? Yes, because you have a false belief that all stress is bad. 
The power of this tool is that it allows you to go through your habits of thinking and your beliefs ideally in a safe way because you're debating yourself. How are you a threat to yourself? And it allows you to examine what's going on in your head so that you can start to ask yourself some hard questions. We've gotten away from asking ourselves hard questions in our society. We have. Uh, I was talking to someone and I said, you know, one of the things that you have to consider is that you're not teachable. And the client was very upset with me, but I said, it's something you're going to have to consider because literally every circle in your life, you have a story about how you knew more than your boss. You knew more than, than the people who are above you. You knew more than your teachers. And it's caused you grief everywhere you've gone. And at some point, there's got to be a belief that's driving your behaviors that you have to examine. And so we use these three questions. So what? What then? And why to kind of dig that out, to root it out? We start debating ourselves. Why are you anxious? Well, I didn't pay my electric bill and now I'm afraid they're going to shut me off. Okay, well, why are they going to shut you off? Well, because I didn't pay my bill. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, if they shut my electricity off, I'm not going to have electricity at my house. Okay, that makes sense. But so what does that mean? Well, if I don't have electricity at my house, my family's going to be cold. My wife's going to be mad at me, blah, blah, blah. This is a literal conversation I've had in the room. So what does that mean? Well, uh, it's bad. Okay, then what? What do you mean, then what? Well, then what can you do about it? Well, I could pay the bill. Okay, then why don't you get online and pay it now? Or do you need to call them? Or do you need to run them a check? What do you need to do? And so now we're back to activity and action, right? So we start to go through these three questions as they, as they dig down deep into what's going on inside of us. We move down through them so that we can dig into action, so what? So what does that mean? What then? What do we do then? Or what can we do about it? Then what can we do about it? Why? If you have something going on that is causing you distress and you're anxious about it, you want to lead with why. My kids are all screaming and hollering and they're running around the house like banshees. Okay, so what? Well, that annoys me. Why? Well, because it's loud. Okay, why? Uh, because... Uh, I want it to be quiet. Well, why? Well, because I had a long day at work. Okay, so what? Well, what do you mean, so what? Well, I mean, your kids have been, where have they been all day? Well, they've been in daycare or in school. They probably have energy to get out. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so can you both engage in a process where you get some quiet and they get a place to put out their energy? Maybe your house isn't big enough for that. Can you put on noise-canceling headphones? Like, there are different things that we can do, different actions that we can get to. And part of the thing that we're trying to run out here, part of the thing we're trying to debate, and this is a whole other episode uh, that I want to do, but I'm going I'm to introduce it today. We need to move from either-or thinking to both-and thinking. So often, we think we're limited to two choices. Either my kids are quiet, or I can't uh, get my, my, my time. Either my kids are quiet, and I get my, my quiet time or I don't get my quiet time and they get to get their energy out. Well, is there a way that both could happen? Moving from either or to both and. Uh, last night, all of my kids were in my room talking to me, which is great. I had some stressful things happen right at the end of the day. I'm trying to process it. They want to talk. Well, do I need to process it right then? No, right? So the so what? Okay, well, you got this thing here that's got to be dealt with. So what does that mean? Well, I got to deal with it. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, it's very stressful. Okay, why? Well, because if it doesn't, you know, if we don't deal with it, things are going to happen. Okay, did you deal with it? I've done everything that I can do up to this point. Okay, 
then not talking to your kids isn't going to free up time for you to do more, right? Nope, that's true. And so we, 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 we start with physically changing what's going on. Maybe we go through the seven facts. Maybe we change our environment. Maybe we purposely uh, go and we look at as many things as we can outside of this. Last episode, I talked about uh, engaging your brain for gratefulness, writing down things that you're grateful for, writing down things that you're not grateful for, and then rewriting them to, to come up with things that you are grateful for in them. Maybe we do that, but eventually we've got to get to the place where we start asking ourselves hard questions and we start debating what's going on inside our own mind so that we can find relief from anxiety. What's your core beliefs? Uh, one of the things that causes many, many, many couples anxiety is distress between, between them and their spouse. And I'm often like, I don't, tell me why this causes you stress because my expectation is, is that in the course of a year, my wife and I are going to have distress. Well, not as much as we do. Okay, why? 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 How much is there? Like, what's the magic number? Well, less than we have. That's a really hard number because you can't really define that. What if you changed your mindset to say, oh, my husband's mad at me. So what does that mean? Well, he's mad at me because I told him uh, something that I wanted him to do and he doesn't want to do it. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, he's mad at me and he's not talking to me. So what does that mean? Well, that makes me angry. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, I'm angry and I want to yell back at him. Why? Because he's hurting me. Okay, is yelling back at him the best way to get him to talk to you? Nope. Maybe the, what would be a better way to do it? Maybe it would be to just say to him, when you don't talk to me because you're mad at me, my feelings are hurt and I feel like you're being mean, maybe even abusive. Well, he'll get more mad at that. That's not your concern. Here's a phrase I want you to consider. Most of the things that we're anxious about is other people's beliefs about us. And other people are not the arbiter of what we do right or wrong. They're just not. One of the hardest things I've had to get used to with a business is people say things about their business, about their employers that just aren't true. I worked at a hospital where I wasn't an owner. I wasn't in leadership and people just said things that weren't true. I remember one time somebody got fired and they spun it to be all about their, about the hospital. And I was sitting in my head thinking, I was worked that shift that you got fired for. You're not actually telling the truth. I know a person who got fired from a local uh, uh, like, like residence treatment center. And literally, the story that was told just wasn't true because it just turns out that I also know their boss. And their boss told me about it because their boss was very distressed. It was her first firing, and she felt terrible. And, and, and I said to her, I said, you know, the truth of the matter is your employees, former employees or current employees are not the measurement for whether or not what you did was right. And this kind of comes back to another problem we have. We do kind of have this, there's no absolute truth. I think in generations past, there was too much, like there were things that aren't absolute truth that were forced to be, we were tried to force on society's absolute truth. And so, so like something that's subjective truth would be, I personally think that lasagna uh, is the, one of the best dishes ever. Stuffed shells is the best dish ever. Well, that's an opinion. That's not a fact. That's not objective truth. But there are objective truths. There are right ways to treat people in wrong ways. And we've elevated feelings to being the dictator of what is right and wrong. So if I feel judged, then I am judged. If I feel hurt, then it's okay for me to respond in kind because I need to live out my truth. That's hogwash. 
And when we engage in these three questions, so what, why, then what, we can start pulling apart things inside of us because the reality is most of the time we don't control what happens to us. But we 100% control how we respond to it. All right, I hope that these two techniques put together, I know I've talked about the three questions before a little bit, but I hope these, these techniques put together help you. The seven facts, uh, which can be 20 facts or 30 facts or 50 facts, changing your environment, and then debating yourself through some questions. I hope that you find these helpful. All right, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends, share it via social media. Uh, I keep sending me emails, Facebook messages. I really appreciate uh, people who give me feedback, even the ones who don't like what we're doing. I appreciate that, people who do like it. Obviously, I like that a little bit better. Uh, I would encourage you to pick up my book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. I am working on another book, Taming the Tempest, dealing with the story in our head and what's going on. I've got some interviews lined up uh, where we're going to talk about that. I've got an interview coming with with a mother whose daughter has uh, brittle bone disease and kind of the things that are going on in there. If you think that there's something in your life that you'd like to do a podcast interview with me on and that you think that people would enjoy hearing about, that it would encourage other people, that it would educate other people, that it would help raise awareness, uh, shoot me an email, joe at joemartino.com. would love to hear from you about that. If you have a question, shoot me an email, joe at joemartino.com. Please put in the subject podcast, otherwise I might miss it. Uh, But I'd love to hear from you. Uh, If you are part of the foster care system, if you are uh, doing an alternative schooling, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to interview people in those arenas right now. Um, I think I have a pretty good system. I know in the past there has been some problems with the audio quality of my interviews. I think we have that solved, and we're looking forward to moving forward. All right, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.